We come to this place for magic. We come to pop overview, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. When it came to picking the killer, you picked the wrong guy. You want to know who killed Dietrichson? Hold tight to that cheap cigar of yours, Keys. I killed Dietrichson. Me, Walter Neff. Insurance salesman. 35 years old, unmarried, no visible scars. Until a while ago, that is. Yes, I killed him. I killed him for money. And for a woman. And I didn't get the money, and I didn't get the woman. Welcome back, everyone. Have you popped open a beer or poured yourself a glass of wine yet? Because you're listening to Pop Pour Review with Jimmy Chico. Hello. Kelly Gong. Hello. And myself, Matt Chico. We are the movie podcast where we journey through the IMDb Top 250 movie list. If you don't have a drink yet, you can try today's inspired drink based off number 106, Double Indemnity. Oh, Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. (laughs) It's like a tongue twister for me. Double Indemnity. There you go. Uh, the drink is the liability. It's vodka, lime juice, grenadine, and Sprite. So like I said, uh, number 106, Double Indemnity, 1944. I'm going to slow down when I say that. Uh, director Billy Wilder, writer Billy Wilder, Raymond Chandler, and James M. Kame, Uh Starring Fred McMurray, Barbara Stanwyck, and Edward G. Robinson. IMDb rating 8.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomato score, critics 97%, audiences 95%. Letterbox 4.3 out of 5. The box office. Uh, I don't know if you guys found anything, but I looked and there isn't like a definitive answer. There's only a worldwide total and the number the numbers.com gives it 9.7 thousand and box office mojo gives it 8.1 thousand worldwide. So who knows what the actual number what's, is? What's 9.7 thousand? Like 9,000, not like 9,000, like 700. Okay. Because yeah. when you say 9.7 thousand, I'm like, what is he saying? <laughs> because it's very weird like i don't know why there's not like i because like we've done older movies where or like citizen kane was around this time and they had a number for box office so i don't know if it just didn't really do that well and like because they only have a worldwide no one has domestic i just feel like it could be for the fact that i've like vaguely heard of double indemnity like in like the film sphere but it's Mm -hmm. like not on the same level as citizen kane they say the box office was five million on Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. Ha- I tried to look for it. Wikipedia had it. Yeah, box office five million. Five million. Did it say domestic just, or just worldwide? Five million. Just five no, million. No, yeah. Okay. Wikipedia never says like domestic versus global. So yeah, that was the bo- the box office is a little bit of a mystery, but you could be right, Kelly. It might be because it's like it's well known, but not like back then it might not have been. You know, let's track the money. Yeah, like I mean, even though it does like have its stamp in film history, like you don't. At least I haven't really heard a lot of people bring it up as often as like Citizen Kane, It's a Wonderful Life or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I wouldn't be shocked that no one has really done a super deep dive into like its box office or anything like that. Or that's why it's so difficult to find anything. Probably. Uh, and then finally, the Oscars. It was nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Director, nominated for Best Actress for Barbara Stanwyck, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay nomination, Best Cinematography nomination, Best Sound, and Best Score nominations. Didn't win anything, but it got a bunch of nominations. So let's shotgun some facts. Um, let's see. I'll give it to Kelly because I really want to hear Kelly talk about the shotgun fact because if she didn't read it, I was going to read it. Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so... I don't know if we we talked about like on the podcast how like I have a thing with wigs in movies, right? We've talked I, about it. I right? think we have. I'm not sure, but now everyone knows the context right. is there. Well, I have a thing about wigs in movies. So like, or even TV shows, like I can spot a wig. Very like it's very rare for me not to realize that something's a wig, and it like bothers me. But okay, but so in this movie. The director, Billy Wilder, said one of the biggest regrets and mistakes he made was making Barbara Stanwyck wear a blonde wig throughout the entire movie. But he realized how bad it looked while um, pretty much watching it back, but it was too late to reshoot the earlier scenes. So he says, to rationalize this mistake in later interviews, Wilder claimed that the bad-looking wig was intentional. Now, 
I'll be honest. I didn't notice it was a wig at first. It because you know with black and white movies. Yeah, so but those what bangs. I, I know that's why I was like these bangs are so fucking bad. And then I realized I realized halfway through that it was a wig, but it didn't really like affect me that much. Like I was just like, all right, whatever, it's a wig. But like it's harder for black and white movies because I usually look for the hairline now in present day movies because you could tell from the hairline, and also don't touch the hair. Like, there's so many tells of why when someone's wearing a wig, but her hair looked like shit. I'll be like, and her bangs was like horrible. But like, I didn't know at first. I it didn't. was it was funny because the first half, I was like, as soon as she walked on screen, I was like, those bangs. This this is a weird choice, but okay, I'm not sure what we're going with. Maybe no, she's getting ready because she was in a towel. I was like, oh, maybe this she's getting ready or whatever. Because then it, the hair kind of looked a little different later. So I was like, okay, the bangs aren't as jarring as they are in the first scene you see her in and then i don't know if you saw this quote though kelly um someone like there was a quote saying like on on viewing of the film's dailies the production head said we hired barbara stanwick and we got george washington (laughs) (laughs) you know the thing is you should never do bangs above the eyebrows i have been saying that pretty much from like fucking birth and guess what her bangs her wig bangs are above her eyebrows and she looked fucking jank and it's funny because it got a lot of nominations but yeah it did not get hair and makeup i don't know if hair and makeup was a th- I'm, th- I'm pretty sure hair and makeup was a uh, category at the time but i'm just like to get all these things and then not get like i don't know hair and makeup it might be a, t- a sign that you know you got george washington not barbara stanwick <laughs> oh my god it's so it's so bad i mean it's it's not the worst wig i've ever seen i'll be honest. no it wasn't but i just like I know how much you like are infatuated with wigs, and I was like, I really <laughs> hope Kelly sees this, but if not, I'm I'm doing it in honor of Kelly because like I, I had to. It was such a funny fu- shotgun fact. I was like, I have to. Like I didn't even notice it was a wig. Jimmy, her bangs. Her bangs are so. Bad. I don't know. I thought maybe they gave her some. Ba- Actually, I really wasn't paying attention to the hair. You were more focused I, on story. I I was more focused on the uh, plot elements going on. I mean, yeah, it's not important, but like I like the first time she walked out, I was like, why would you choose that? I was just like, her hair looks so bad. You know what it was? Oh, sorry. Continue, Kelly. No, no, no. Her hair looks so bad. And like when you brought it up to me earlier, you're like, I want you to talk like it's a thing because I hadn't read like the behind the scenes just yet. I was just like, I don't know what you and then I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that wig. (laughs) It's funny. Because during the scene, I first like noticed that she had no clothes on. I'm like, for 1944, this is kind of wild. That I think that's what shocking. I noticed for like that's more than noticed. her hair. And then just in a towel. And then I looked up and I was like, oh my god, her hair! <laughs> What's happening? And then I was like, wait, I'm just co- there's just so much happening with this woman. Where do I start? I, I don't know what to do. No, 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 I agree with you because I didn't notice that first either. Because I was like, oh, she's in a towel. I was like, that is, that's that's, that's pretty scandalous. risque. And then I was just like, oh, she's supposed to be provocative. And then I was like, with those fucking bangs? And I was like, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Jimmy, would you like to read your shotgun fact? Okay. So a different ending was shot with Walter Neff being caught by the police and and executed in the gas chamber while, while Keyes looks on in despair. Billy Wilder decided it would be poignant and fitting for both characters if instead Neff were to die in his office with Keyes by his side as he expressed his regret. The original ending was only seen by preview audiences and was cut before the general release. What do we think about that ending? I think that's a smart way ending not to do. Wait, yeah. especially oh, since so you don't the, like it. No, especially since okay. the uh, the certain war that was going on during this time. That is true. Yes. Yeah, that I didn't know that. And when Jimmy was just saying it, I literally said, like, you probably saw my facial expression. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't put two and two together. Yes. That would have ruined the entire movie. Also, that's just weird. Like the gas chamber, not like, you know, what else they were doing back then. Well, what if it's just like what? Now, let me ask you this. I mean, it's it's, as a devil's advocate. it was as insurance a, fraud. Oh no, he didn't murder someone. Yeah, as a devil's advocate, okay, never what mind. if it was a like more. what if it's like he saw him in like the electrocution chair or something like that? That makes more sense. But do you still like the ending of seeing him like in jail no. or about to get murdered, is what I'm saying? No, I don't really think seeing him get executed while in jail would have served a purpose. I think the way he died in the movie 
and how it ended was perfect because I just feel like if he like went to jail and stuff, it's just kind of like this isn't really necessary. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like it serves no purpose for the story to watch that. You know he got caught. You know he was going to jail or dying right then and there. So like you kind of like it leaves it up to the imagination to kind of be like you fill in the actual end like after the screen went black. Yeah, and again, yeah. it serves the story no purpose to see that. No, like, I agree with you. Yeah, with with the way the plot and the story went, it's not like you're giving the audience any type of what do you call it? Like, like justify? You know, like when justification. You yeah, justification where you, or retribution. Like when you want to see the bad guy get like they're you know get you know get punished. Yeah. In this movie, it's kind of just like you don't really care about like that. He kind of got punished. He died and he didn't get the girl. So like he you know, kind of got punished. Yeah. But it wasn't one of those things where you were rooting for him to get punished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her, on the other hand, is a different story. But him, you weren't rooting for him to like die you weren't rooting for him to get hurt so like to add that in serves no purpose in my opinion i do think because i was reading about like what because it's based off a book which i didn't realize and like i was reading what the actual book was based off of and it was like this woman and this uh it was let me see i have it here a new york woman and her lover whose whose trial he attended the writer of the book um whilst working on as a journalist in new york in that crime ruth snyder persuaded her boyfriend Judd Gray to kill her husband Albert after having him take out a big insurance policy, a double indemnity clause. Just ignore me saying that from now on. The murders were quickly identified, arrested, and convicted. The front page photo of Snyder's execution in the electric chair at Sing Sing, taken secretly with a hidden camera, has been called the most famous news photo of the 1920s. And I don't know if they were maybe like, because I did Google the picture. It's very eerie. It's very creepy. And like, I don't know if like that's what they were trying to recreate. The, Is it? Yeah, if you want to Google it, like Google, what's her name? Ruth Snyder, electrical chair. It's very creepy. It looks electrical like a horror movie. Chair. And I I don't know, maybe it was like they were trying to like give that lasting impression. Ooh, like, yeah, this yeah. is creepy. Like it doesn't the, it doesn't seem real. Exactly. And it looks like a it looks like someone like it looks like a like a from Horror Nights at Universal. So like I don't know if maybe they were trying to have like a lasting impression of the movie to kind of symbolize this. And they were trying to play with it, and it just didn't work. I agree that this would have totally just like changed the movie, and I like what they did better. But I just was like, that is a an image that really can make or break your movie. And I think they were trying to go ballsy with it. But it's just like they realized they're like, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, but it would have it would it would it have been him or her being it would it wouldn't have been Barbara. It would have been it would have been him, I guess. Yeah, which is different because in this one, this was the first female uh, electrocution. No, and I know. I but think was... it would have been it would have been more impactful maybe if it was Barbara Stanwyck Possibly. and not him. Possibly, but she was dead by that point, so I guess they couldn't really do that with her. But no, yeah, yeah, was... makes sense. Do you find it creepy, Jimmy? That image? Uh yeah. I mean, it reminds me of Texas Chainsaw, the Jessica Biel one. At the oh very yeah, end. that very yes, gritty. yes, very very much so. Um, and then finally, my shotgun fact is due to strict wartime food rationing, policemen uh, policemen were stationed in the store where a scene with Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck was filmed to make sure nobody on the film crew was tempted to take away any food. Paramount released publicity stills showing four policemen in the store with McMurray and Stanwyck. I just was like, that's that's a wild, like a wild thing. But I was like, back in the day, I guess you had to do that. Also, like, were they not allowed to show certain brands? Like, was, like, product placement, like, a thing in movies back then? Only because they're, the one scene where they meet in the, um, the I think it's maybe the last time they meet in the supermarket and they're going down separate aisles, I noticed on each side of them when they get to, like, when they're having, like, the end of their conversation where they both stop, I noticed that the boxes that were in between them only showed the back on both sides it's like they flipped them so the label was inward for all of it so i was kind of like is this because of product placement was that even like a thing in the 1940s it may have been before that i'm not sure i didn't even i didn't even catch that so like it it could be or it was because like something to do with i don't know maybe some crazy thing to do with like food rationing they didn't want like certain foods to seem like they were getting special privilege over other i don't know or maybe it's just it wasn't real cereal boxes and was just cardboard that boxes too. 
Well, Maybe like, they took stuff off and then put new product products uh, or production stuff there. Possibly, but like when they were walking by, I did see a woman grab a box of Jello, which was right next to it. <laughs> but then when they got when they stopped, it was just like all the boxes were turned inwards. And I thought maybe it was just like, oh, maybe like on her side, it's like it's on his side. But then when they switched the view, um, the the view of the camera that faced her, I saw the back of the box again. And I was like, just product placement. Is that a thing in the 1940s? Was that purposely done? I thought it was interesting. So let me see. Hold on. In, let's see when I typed in. When did product placement start in movies? I think it was with E.T. It like said the first big one. Well, that might be the first big one. I mean, according to the New York Times, it says the first documented example was in 1896. So I don't know. So I don't know how much of a presence that was in 1896. Maybe it wasn't like a common thing. So who knows? So, Jim, before we take a quick break and come back, can you please give a summary of double indemnity? Walter Neff is an insurance salesman whose life is largely devoid of any excitement and thrill. All of that changes when he meets Phyllis Dietrichson, the callous wife of a man whom she plans to murder and cash out on his accidental death claim, double indemnity. When he is succeeded, I'm sorry, when he is seduced by Dietrichson into murdering her husband, the two plot a murder scheme that will not go as planned. Suddenly, the motives of each become unclear and the plan becomes further complicated when Neff's boss begins to investigate the murder. And with that, we'll be right back. Oh, hi. Didn't hear you there. This is Amy. And Lexi. And we're coming at you from Confessions of Retail. All the tea. If you're a retail employee like us, then you know that there are some crazy, off-the-wall things that happen in your line of work. Join us every Wednesday while we spill all this hot confessional tea on the line of work known as retail. Everything from our own experiences to listener-submitted stories. And let me tell you, there are some crazy things that happen that even we can hardly believe. I know, right? You can find us on any major podcast directory. You can join us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. And if you have hot tea to spill, you can send it our way to confessionsofretailallthetea at gmail.com. We will see you in the confessional booth. And we're back. And as we always start, do you think it should be at 106 on the top 250 list? And do you think it should be on the top 250 list? Uh, Jimmy. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if it should be on the top 250. It all depends if there's another movie of Billy Wilder's that's on the top 250. And I'm going to check that right now. Sunset Boulevard? No. Oh. Yes, actually, the other one is. And it's lower. So, no, I don't think it should be in where it is. What? What's the other one? Some Like It Hot. Oh, okay. Is that... Oh, it's lower than 106? It's 131. 131. So you don't think it should be on at all, or you think it should be like closer to I the I mean, bottom? maybe closer to like two, the closer to the bottom, if if anything. I mean, if it's good, I don't think this is one of his best films. Kelly? Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie, Um, surprisingly, so it definitely deserves to be in the top 250. Um, I don't know actually where I would put it. Like 106 I'm fine with, but I, I guess like a little lower, maybe like 150 to 200. I feel like it should be at only because it's like I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the pacing. Like I actually really enjoyed this movie. But in terms of film, like I know that they say that this is like one of the definitive films for film noir. But like I just didn't get anything like super like groundbreaking with it. I think the only like cinematography like for like cinematography and stuff like the only time that I actually was like kind of like wowed was by the ele- opening elevator scene which I had to rewind cuz it was like that one shot when he walked into the elevator and then he went up to the 12th floor and then came out and it was a completely different scene. I rewound it cuz at first I was like wait, didn't he walk like straight like into the elevator? I was like, how the fuck did they do that? And then I saw that, oh, he came in from the side. So obviously they had a, like a fake wall up that was like 
you know, like as a, you know, covering up the behind the part, which was what we saw when he walked out of the elevator. But I was like, huh, I really like that shot. Other than that, I didn't see anything groundbreaking. So I think it definitely deserves to be on here, but I don't think it deserves 106. I kind of, I think it more with you, Kelly. I do think groundbreaking wise, I don't think there was a time where like you get like the hero speech with the villain. I don't I think that wasn't done before and I thought that was interesting to kind of like put him as like you think he's going to be this like big hero and it ends up being like it's just his confession the whole time. Yeah. And I think that was different but I'm I'm with you like I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I was. I agree with Jimmy it's I mean we've only seen one I've only seen one other one with the apartment for Billy Wilder and I like that a lot more. It's not his my favorite film from him, but I do appreciate this movie and definitely like 100 to 200 probably what you said like 150 to 200 is probably where it should be but i appreciate it for what it is i did have a similar issue like i did with chinatown where it's like i feel like i've seen this so many times now where it almost felt dated and there's some reviews that said that and it's just i know like what we said with chinatown like you gotta take yourself out of it and put yourself in 1944 and like sometimes it's just so hard because especially film noir because then there was like neo-noir and all that stuff there's so many like, I mean, Chinatown was sort of, like, similar, too. Like, there's so many iterations that it's hard to separate the two. Oh, no, yeah, like, 100%. Like, that's the biggest issue when with us, like, um, you know, watching, like, the movies. It's like, I've seen this before, and I've seen it done better since then. So it's hard for me to judge, like, where I think it actually deserves to be. Because this could have been amazing during that time. Mm-hmm. but like it's harder for me because it's like since then there's been hundreds of film that follow the same pattern so it's kind of like it's really hard but like for a 1944 film as someone who's not who hasn't been like that like you know like a huge fan of most of the older films we watch this one is probably my second favorite after the apartment because of all older movies or with billy wilder I think of all the older movies we okay. watched. Because, you're a Billy Wilder fan. Yeah, because he's make he also is making characters that are like they're not playing like you said they're not playing into tropes. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like they're like gray gray characters. They're not black and white characters. Like in the apartment, you have Shirley MacLaine who is like having an affair with someone, and like the guy who's like he's a good guy, but he's also just like. I'm letting all these people just have sex in my apartment like yeah. constantly and I'm buying them shit like that. So it's like you you you're not dealing with morally good like 100% good, 100% bad. You're yeah. dealing with more complex. Or yeah, morally ambiguous characters, which is why it's like I enjoy them and I feel more modern feels to them versus except oh wait, hold on. I do have to point out that I saw some of the worst acting I've ever seen in any movie when I think it was the head boss um it was like keys and um neff were in that in his oh office. with like the owner of the, the company the owner, yeah he was so fucking bad i couldn't stand him like he was like and he was speaking in that lilt that like you guys know i hate from like older movies and i was like you are ruining this you are taking me so out because you're a terrible actor well you know what's I- funny <laughs> it's it, some of the times like i saw like i was i was actually looking for that because i was like okay like this movie feels modern for the 40s let me see if it has those tropes and i was like, okay not really but you know sometimes it had that lilt but the i feel like it was just like that was just like the acting skills so like it was such a it was put on the back burner for me because i'm like oh it's not the main part of the movie unlike the the owner the owner yeah. pretty much had that but i also think like why so like bad. Yeah, why I like the apartment better. This like also solidified like how much I'm I'm actually really enjoying Billy Wilder because he took a story where you know the the story, but you were engaged. I was on the edge of my seat sometimes, even though I know it was gonna happen, because you felt for the characters and they were very, very complex. Where you're like, you hate them, but you love them. You hate them, but you love them. The dialogue was really good. He knew like the strengths, the weaknesses, and like played around with that. And for him, I remember like I saw a quote. He was like. Because uh, everyone says like this is one of the best like film noir movies, and he literally was like, "I um I never heard that expression film noir when I made Double Indemnity. I just made pictures I would have liked to see. When I was lucky, it coincided with the taste of the audience. With Double Indemnity, I was lucky. So he wasn't even trying to make a film noir; it just happened. And I think that's just like good directing. No, yeah, definitely. I like I again like I guess I I I think I am a big fan of his because I enjoy the the stories that. 
and the way he shoots them like he does really good casting choices mm-hmm. it's yeah like it's just it, i just love the fact that like it's kind of i guess but from there it is breaking the mold yeah like i don't know how they're acting like they're acting like normalish type of people except there was only like one monologue when um Craig McMurray's character like Neff's character was talking and he kept saying like all of these like tropes like then he was like hey baby with like their two nickels yeah. on the dime and I was like I have no idea what the fuck you're saying bro but he just it had like sharp dialogue which like I think kept the pace moving and like kept you interested it wasn't just like you know they're flirting it, the flirting the, dialogue in it the was so was back good. and forth which it was almost like Aaron Sorkin-esque I'm like it's like those ones like keep you interested like Every second, I'm like, oh, what's happening next? And even though the plot was more generic, the dialogue was so sharp that I was like, good for the writers. Because also, I read the writers hated each other, like Billy yeah. Wilder and Chandler guy. I think it was Kyle Chandler. Not Kyle yeah, Chandler. Not That's Kyle Chandler. Nope. I know oh, Chandler Ray- wrote this movie. <laughs> Raymond Chandler. And I remember, like, I was like, for the script, not to suffer because they despised each other. Like, that's also an accomplishment right there. No, yeah. The. Like the banter between him and her, and the. Like I said in the beginning when they were flirting, that was, like, yeah. really good. And oh, I, was like, I was like, holy shit, like their chemistry is off the charts with this. Like they're doing amazing. And it's also like, again, like we have a dude who didn't give a fuck. Like he was all, he was like, oh, she's married. I don't give a shit. I'm still going to hit on her. And yeah. I was like, what? But yeah, it just showed like the clever, like the script was really good. The script was really good. No, because a lot of people, owner. <laughs> a lot of people, like it was back and forth. People were saying like the dialogue was so quick and very good. And then some people said like, I don't understand, like, were these people, like, just re- pulling random words together because the dialogue was terrible? Like, did so, Jimmy, did you agree? Do you like the script? Like, do you like the dialogue? No, yeah, the, the, script, the script works. I don't understand where people are getting me pulling, like, words out of thin air. It I makes think no it's, sense. I think it's the expressions that he uses. Like I said, like, before, he, like, went on that one little monologue where he was using, like, throwing in all these expressions that I was just like, what? What what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> it yes, was but for, <laughs> but for 1944, it made sense. That's like if we're watching something now. Yeah, but the reviews that we have that we're going based off aren't people from 1944. They're people from our yeah our times. Maybe so. we should look at some reviews from 1944. How? <laughs> How it's called the internet, the World Wide Web. Well, I actually had a question for you, Jimmy. Yeah, because I know you. You like film noir, right? That's like a pretty like you love that kind um, of like genre. I like nineteen seventies film noir. Well, you like Not... Sunset Boulevard, or is that seventies? That's fifties. That's like your that's, favorite that's... movie. So that's why I wanted to compare the two. Uh, I wouldn't consider Sunset Boulevard a full film noir. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people might. I don't consider. I consider it more of a, a drama. So, I mean, I. I don't, I don't know. Okay, um, where we're going with this, but we'll try. Well, this is you. I, I asked you a question, and you kind of just like pivoted from that. Um, okay, let me try and pivot back. You love Sunset Boulevard is your, one of your favorite movies, yes? Yes. So you, so do you love Billy Wilder? Like, what do you think? I do like, love Billy. I do like Billy Wilder. But what this do you like would, about him with this one? The script, probably. I feel like all of his movies, the script is where is where it gets you and the acting he's very good at directing the actors like i mean you have gloria swanson from sunset boulevard you have um um jack lemon in in some like it hot as well as the apartment and i mean this you have barbara stanwick and fred mcmurray and i mean he he does work a lot with the same people a lot of the time Uh, so i mean I think like his his best work is is like Gloria Swanson uh, acting wise would be Gloria Swanson in in um Sunset Boulevard but like writing wise the script in Some Like It Hot is just so quick and so so genius and so smart that it it just works so would you not agree cuz a lot of a lot of reviews were saying like this defines the film noir and we kind of talked about it but like do you think that it defines it or do you think like this is just like a movie in film noir and not the movie for film noir because i know you like like that kind no of like because stuff. actually when i was watching the film i was thinking this must like this is like a classic film noir because 
you had the scene, I think, towards the end when he goes into the house and it's dark and you just had the the ambient lighting coming from outside and you had the, you know, the 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 silhouette of the person sitting in the chair and you had the 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 uh, shadow of the blinds on the wall and you had the figure walking in the room like that. That to me is is 1940s film noir. Um, so like, yeah, if, if I were to picture film noir, I would literally picture that. That. Like frame that 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 movie's frame. The which the one where he's confessing, is that what you're saying? Where no, like it's the... not what he's confessing. I think he's walking into Marlene Dietrich's house. After... Oh, where she has the gun on him. Where she has the gun yeah. on her. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that, you know, you have the femme fatale. You have, you have, I mean, he's not like the detective, but because th- that's like the one thing really, like there really is no main detective in the movie mm-hmm. besides Keys. And... I mean, it's he's not really a detective in the film, so that would be the one thing that's missing from this being like a classic film noir. But I mean, I, you like if that that scene that that frame is is a that is classic film noir like filmmaking, maybe mm-hmm. not story wise, but filmmaking it is. But now was this the. And maybe you know this more. Was this one of the first movies where, like, it was about someone like, it wasn't like a straight up bad person getting murdered or or murdering someone. It was like these people that were just like any day people murdering someone. I feel like that was very not you. That wasn't very nineteen forties. Like, not that that wasn't really being done. Am I correct? I mean, I don't. That I'm not sure about. I mean, the plot seemed very unusual for the times. Is what I was trying to say. I don't know. I mean, I would have to look into it mm-hmm. a little more, but I mean, a normal person killing people. I mean, when was like Strangers on a Train? It was 1951. So yeah, so it was the 50s. But I mean, Hitchcock did do similar stuff like this. Um, hold on. I, I remember there was one I watched and I can't remember the name. Because that's what also kind of drew me in. It was just like a story where I'm like, oh, like even like nowadays, like some people would be like, oh, we can't make a movie about that. And I know, like that was hard. I know when they were trying to make it, they like they were like, "This movie's unfilmable because it won't get." It was still passed and not passed for ratings, and they're like, "This isn't gonna get passed for ratings." And I just like like that they, I just like the idea brought me in, and then I think the execution kept me there and like kept my interest. Yeah, I mean, there was a movie I saw of Hitchcock from 1943 called Shadow of a Doubt, and I mean, it's about it's a teenage girl overjoyed when her favorite uncle comes to visit the family in their quiet California town, slowly begins to suspect that he is in fact the merry widow killer sought by the authorities. Oh, okay. So I mean, it's not like you know they're talking about killing and, and stuff in in that you know That's true. era. That's true. But I mean, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't think this would be like the first. There's a lot of them. There's maybe, like, yeah, maybe there's. A, I just haven't watched them. I was this one like really stood out to me. I was like, wow, is this like unusual for a 1940s movie? You know, there's just... another Hitchcock movie called Saboteur that I've seen. That's a young man accused of sabotage goes on the run to prove his innocence. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was funny. I saw a review and like, because this is like, like we were saying, like some people consider this like the number one film noir, and the review was, was. I was I was unimpressed with the lighting. Simply filling a scene with insufficient lighting does not truly add drama and interest. Overall, this film was very unbelievable, laughable, and insane. I'm like, do you not know what a fucking film noir is? Like the lighting is no. film noir. That's part the of the lighting is, but I could see what they're saying. To just just because he's saying just because you're lighting it that way doesn't make it film noir. Which is, I mean, you need you need a femme fatale in film noir. You need a lot of stuff with film noir, not just the lighting. But he was just saying I was unimpressed with the lighting, and I was just like, but that's that he might not like film noir in general because that's an element, is what I'm saying. Well, th- yes. Then if he's like, I don't like film noir because I don't like lighting. That's like someone saying, I don't like musicals because I don't like when people break out in song. Well, that's what the review sort of sounds like, and that's why I just thought it was funny. I was just like, you maybe this isn't the genre for you. 
I mean, maybe not. Maybe they need to watch something else. I think if you're listening, sir or ma'am, watch something else. Okay. Um. Okay, so final question I have. You know how we did that kind of like recasting for Wizard of Oz? Yeah. I thought it would be interesting if we were recast, because there was almost a remake of, in the 70s of Double Indemnity with Robert Redford in the main role. So I was thinking if this movie was made today, who would you cast as Walter Neff and Phyllis uh, Dietrichson? There's so, I feel like these are such open roles that like so many people could play them. Because you also like, have to have a really good chemistry because like that they play it very well with good chemistry. Also, Barbara Stanwyck, Stanwyck was also incredible with the scene where he's getting his her husband's getting murdered and she's just sitting there like kind of horrified but kind of loving it. I'm like, whoa, that was that was a great scene for that's that's an Oscar clip right there. I had uh, John Kroninsky and Emily Blunt. Uh, no, I weirdly have I Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in my head. I can see Emma Stone. I don't know about Andrew Garfield. See, now I went a lot older. Okay. I I, I thought for Fred McMurray, I see Brian Cranston. I see that. And who would you see for uh... that one? I'm not sure because I remember when I was watching it, I was like, she looks like someone now. And I now I cannot remember what it was. It was with the glasses when she had the glasses on. Brian Cranston. Maybe Cape on chat. You know what the problem is? is it might have been Cape on chat. I was thinking. I see that. I can't. I can't see Brian Cranston in this role because I this could just be me, but I can't picture him having amazing chemistry. Like you need to you need someone who has great also sexual tension chemistry with their partner. And I can't see Brian Cranston and Cape Blanchett giving that. I see them individually. I don't know if I see them together, but I'm tr- I like Cape Blanchett. I think that's a good one. I'm trying to think like who I'm... would be paired well with Cape Blanchett. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> or then, I mean, we go back Maybe. to Nightmare Alley and do Bradley Cooper. Actually, Bradley Cooper would be good. I didn't like that movie, but I they would be good together. I'm trying to like think of the scene of like that I talked about when they first met. Where it's like you're you get the vibe that she's a femme fatale. She's a provocative woman. She has something up her sleeve, and then you have him who's like, you know, he's not like the straight A guy. Like, he's not an ace. He's just kind of like, I'm still going to hit on you, but I really am just trying to like sell insurance. What about Kate Planchette and Robert Downey Jr.? She's so much taller than him. (laughs) (laughs) In an Apple box, it would be good to go. I I can't see it. Okay. Well, I just thought because it's it's the ones where like you kind of I think the the movies I think about these are the ones that like the roles are just so like they're so good in them. I'm like, if you wanted to remake it, which a lot of people always want to, I mean, the mean Wizard of Oz getting remade, they wanted to make a remake of this. Like, who could they cast? The thing is, is that you have to you have to pick a guy like a male actor that can pass as like like stupid but not stupid you know what i'm saying what about scarlett johansson for barbara stanwick yeah she could definitely can i, just I can like see that now i'm trying to think who would that be with her someone who would be able to pull off the role because i was about to be like chris evans but i was just like i don't feel like that that would be a good movie to be honest i'm trying to think who would i'm like trying to think of previous like co-stars what about what if they redid like what if they had Carl Chicago Johansson and Adam Driver together? No, I don't think Adam Driver. No. Was, I don't think that they. I don't think he could. I'm just trying it's to think of people she's been with and like have worked well with. It's like you have Sam to Rockwell think. and Scarlett Johansson. No, no. Sam Rockwell. Actually, I'm kind of thinking Sam Rockwell, Ben Affleck. Okay, I can see Ben Affleck, but I don't see him with Scarlett Johansson for some reason. I'm thinking more Matt Damon with Matt Scarlett Damon. Johansson. I'm just thinking too. Yeah, but you know the thing is, you have to pick someone that can like pull off like I'm gonna I'm murdering this person, and then pulling off without going overboard like a little guilt. But it's like he's not feeling guilt. He's just like fuck. Like I got played by this woman. You know what, what I'm about? Saying? What about Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? I thought that too. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. See the no, I don't see Ryan Gosling. Why? I don't know. I just, I just don't see Ryan Gosling. 
I feel like they played that vaguely, like in what was it, Gangster, Gangster Squad? Squad? I mean, I've seen like I can see like I've seen him in like I mean, a place beyond the pines where he's like a noirish type character, but I just can't see him. I feel like the male character role. is the most difficult one because you need to find someone who like is believable in that like okay i'm being seduced by this like lady Wait. and like what? sydney sweeney and and uh the guy from the two people from anyone but you what's his name glenn powell glenn, glenn powell, powell and sydney sweeney i was like the, the sexual chemistry is there no glenn, no sydney sweeney <laughs> glenn powell i can see but i also like think sweeney sweeney can like go kind of like crazy and i'm like i don't know i kind of can see the. Two. i can see no. sydney sweeney also I honest. can't see Sydney Sweeney at all. Their next move together, Double Indemnity, the remake. <laughs> I can't Produced see her because I feel like she's only like played like one type of role. But that role is I... crazy. No, yeah, but like <laughs> the role, the role, this role of Mrs. Diedrich, because I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barbara Stanwyck, like she's not crazy. Like she is, but she's not. She's just like a mastermind. Ooh, Rosamund Pike. Oh, who? <laughs> Rosamund Pike. Oh, okay. I heard Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> as soon as I said, I was like, I was like, Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck. <laughs> so I just remake Gone Girl. You just remake Gone Girl. But I don't think Barbara Stanwyck is is crazy. In but that's this. what I... I don't think she's not crazy. But she has that like, you don't know what's behind her eyes. If that means no, no, but like, no but I, I have her as have being that. like I like she knows what she wants. She's amazing, Amy. And she know, and she's and she has it planned out in her head from the beginning. That's why I'm I'm getting Rosamund Pike vibes, and that's why I'm saying Sydney Sweeney would not be able to pull this off because she just gives off like I'm psycho, like I'm about to mentally break. And this is a character that isn't someone who's meant going to mentally break. She's someone who's like slick, intelligent, and like pretty much manipulative and malicious. What about so- Glenn Powell and Rosamund Pike? I feel like there's such an age difference between them. But that adds to the chemistry. Where it's like, they're not supposed to be together, but they are. Well, I, we'll find Or Jacob out. Lordy. That's what no. I was thinking, but I was like, I don't know. Then I was thinking, um, who's the other guy from Stalper? Barry uh, Keith. I was thinking of Barry Keith. If he was older, I feel like, I just feel like that's height difference right there, really. So, uh, But like, they can get an apple box. Like Robert Downey Jr. is like, I think, shorter than Barry Keith. <laughs> no, I think Barry Keoghan's like, Almost five, just five feet or something like that. There's no fucking way he's just five feet. Yeah, I think the male, it's just the male actor you would have trouble filling, filling in. Oh, what about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I can mm. see that. With Scarlett Johansson, perhaps? That I can see with Scarlett Johansson. Neither a character or psychopaths or like mm-hmm. crazy characters. It's like, again, like morally gray people where it's just kind of like they know what they're doing, like even Walter, like, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do to, like, pull off the thing. And even when she, he found out that she was, like, betraying him, he still kept his cool. Yeah. So that's what the thing is. Like, you can't you can't have someone... You need to find someone who... Like, two people who are still going to keep their cool in that situation. Like, and be able to act it out without going down the jilted lover route. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And I think that's why it's so hard to find two people that will be able to pull that off. That's true. A lot more, a lot more potentials than I thought we were going to throw out. But I did like, a, I did like a few of them. I feel like I could see them in a in a remake of this or a movie similar to this. But anything before we move on? Nope. No. Nope. Time for the movie grid game. Genre, top row genre: thriller, horror. Jimmy's got this. One word title released from 1990 to 2024. And then on the left side, it's Naomi Watts, Megan Fox, and Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, we got horror and Sarah Michelle Geller. It's like they knew. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with thriller or horror for Naomi Watts. Shut in. Shut in? Never even heard of that. Or does Jimmy have a better one? I have Dream House. I feel like both isn't are that with, good. Isn't that with that? Isn't that with Rachel Weiss and Daniel Craig? That is with Rachel Weiss. Okay, okay so I'll go Shudden. One point five. Ooh, very film to watch. I just remember watching it, and it was like, if it's not, it's such a bad fucking movie. Naomi Watts, one word title. I have the impossible. But I don't Insurgent. Know Insurgent. Wait, does Jimmy have another one? No. 
What is Insurgent? That's a sequel to the Divergent series. Oh, I didn't even know she was in that. Exactly. 3%. 1990 to 2024. I'm going to... Um, I don't know. Oh, wait, Jimmy, what's that movie that we saw where um they're sleeping with each other's sons? Uh, that's a, uh, oh, God, a door. A do- oh, a door. A door. Wow, oh. I knew the to- I knew the poster because I remember that poster. Wow, we got under five percent for each of them. Megan just... Fox thriller horror. I only know one that I can think of. What? Uh, oh wait, till no. Death. Till death. That's what I was, I was gonna say. She did another. I was thinking of Jennifer's Body, but I know she did another one. That's actually a pretty good movie. Till death. Till. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, is that or Jennifer's body? Um, one word title. Transformers. Uh, something else. Oh, what's that one she did with Machine Gun Kelly? The drug one. It's like I thought it was like grass and the the midnight grass or something. Oh no, high society or something like that. That's not one word though. That's That's not not one one word. word. Possibly for the next one, maybe. Uh, what's the one you said, Kelly? I didn't say anything. Oh. I don't know a um, one-word Mega Fox besides that, Transformers. So should I just do Transformers then? No, hold on, hold on. Let me think. Let I'm me just going to type it in. I'm just going to type it in. Let me think. Let me think. I don't even, like, know. I feel like... What else? Has she cameoed? No. That's... This is 40. Um, I'm thinking of, like, Netflix movies. She had, I feel like Till Death is, like, her only Netflix movie. Oh, that was Netflix. Uh, she was in the Expendables four, but I all I can think of is Transformers. Truly, the only one I can think of. Well, Jimmy, I are you cheating? Trans- no. Oh, I looked. So you looked down. I was like, "Are you on your phone?" No, I'm. I'm thinking. Okay, there was only like one or two other guesses because it was ninety-one point nine. Yeah. Uh, and then should we go with um, what's the one I just said? I Society. I don't know if that's what it was called. I might be confusing movies. Oh my lord. Uh, I. I I have Jonah Hex. Oh, that might that might Jonah. be good. Do Jonah Hex. Jo- no, J O N A. No, not Jonah. J O. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. Sarah, okay, Kelly, this is all you. Sarah Michelle Geller, thriller or horror. Ah, uh, there's so many. What's there's the most gonna... obscure one or people would forget about? I feel like it's hard. Um the return. The return. Now, should we save that for the one word, though? I think she was in another one called Pos- I think it's called Possession, but I okay. could be wrong. The return. Ooh, point four. Wait, and then the return. I've seen that. Who else is in that? Uh, no one really big. I remember the movie. I don't remember any of the characters. So she was in another movie with Lee Pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called Possession. It's like he switches. It's based off like a Korean movie where she and her husband get into an accident, and then somehow he like switches body like bodies with his like brother. The Possession I or think Possession. It, I don't remember. I don't know if it's the Possession or Possession. I think it's Possession. I don't know. <laughs> or should we just make sure that we get one and do Scream 2? I mean, the only other one I can think of is um, Scooby-Doo. Is that considered one or two words? One word, because there's a hyphen. I'm pretty sure it's Possession. Do you want me to oh. do it? I'm scared. <laughs> I was going to say, I can just do Scooby-Doo. Fine, just do Scooby-Doo. I'll Google it afterwards. Okay. And then... Released from 1990 to 2024. I have two, but I don't know which one. Simply Irresistible and Harvard Man. And I feel like Harvard Man is a very... I feel like people somewhat know Simply Irresistible. Harvard Man. Let's see. Ooh, 0.5. <laughs> got them all, guys. And we got top 2%. Moving along. MVP, LVP, most valuable player. Kelly, who is your most valuable player? The script. Jimmy? Just say Barbara Stanwyck. 
I was going to also say Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, Kelly, your LVP or least valuable player? That owner, he was so bad at acting. Jimmy? Yeah, the owner. But not for the acting, but just for like, they don't want to pay out this money. So they're like, we don't care what the police say. This is murder. (laughs) I was between putting how it felt a little dated or Mr. Dietrichson. So I'm just going to go with Mr. Dietrichson since we're going with characters in the movie. But why? He was mean. Yeah, Matt, why? He's mean. He's mean. He's He's the one that got murdered. He didn't murder nobody. He she murdered him for a reason because he's mean. He was rude. Oh, he didn't didn't treat her nicely. Well, because she killed his wife. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they implied that she killed his wife. That is true. That is true. Maybe I'll lean more towards it's dated then. Oh my lord! Okay, um, I forgot about that. <laughs> she technically see, but you, but you say she wasn't really that crazy, but that's a little crazy. No, but like in crazy in the sense that like she keeps her shit together. Oh, okay. Like she's a, she's a uh, she's a put together crazy. No, because like she she is Gone Girl crazy. That's true. That's true. Which like it should be the other way around since this movie came before Gone Girl. But I'm gonna say <laughs> Gone Girl crazy. Sydney Sweeney has only played unhinged. Like she, I don't think anytime she's lost her shit, she's ever like kept her shit together. No. Okay. Time for ratings. I am between a 7.5 and an 8, but I'll give it a 8 out of 10. Kelly? I will give it a 7.5. And And I'm going to give it a 7. 7.5. 7.5 compared to the 8.3 out of 10. So we are a little below. But anyway, as we close out, Jimmy, do you want to give three clues? Do you know three clues for the next movie? Yeah, I can give three. I can give three clues. Give give us some three three clues. Close us out. Uh, it's a French film. It um was remade as an American film. Are you saying film or film? Film. film. And uh, there's a guy in a wheelchair. Okay. Stay tuned for that episode because Jim sounds real excited. I I know my stuff. Stay tuned for that film. My my film. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we want to hear what you think. So leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Poor Review. Click around www.poppoorreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page. Patreon.com backslash Pop Poor Review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go. Make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan Cast episode.